morning, Roxy Soxy. Good morning, Tam Tam. How you doing? How you doing? Oh, when I washed my hair for you, I got it dyed recently. Can you even tell I that it's I saw it. It looks very fresh today. Like you just got it, it done. Was <laughs> well, I washed. I washed. That's a, that's what I did. I love um, it. I heard that what you're supposed to do when you have curly hair, you don't have curly hair, but there's like this new method called the curly girl method or something. And what you're supposed to do is not wash your hair, wash it with conditioner. But <gasps> I feel like that. How do you get the grease out then? Yeah. How do you get like the stuff out? Like, I feel like my hair would be like so oily. So you know. what is your, you have thin hair or thick hair or what long? I don't, I don't know. Like what's your hair type? Okay. So it is, it's, I guess considered fine hair, but, it, mm-hmm, but I, lots it's, of it. yeah, I have lots of it, but it tangles very easily. That's my problem. My hair tangles like underneath, like, like I will get like full blown rat's nest underneath. Well, maybe you need to brush it. Maybe <laughs> that is the problem. I start brushing now though. <laughs> why? Why did, no, you know what? I have to like chase my daughter around the house. She does not want me to brush her hair. Oh Lord. Like, my I have two <sighs> girls with very curly hair. One's like down to her butt. Mm-hmm. And I it sometimes does get rat's nests because I just don't have it in me to be like <sighs> hit and screamed at and run. Like they yeah. run around the room. Oh, it's and it's then I think like, workout. is it that painful? And then I don't want to like disregard their feelings and be like it's not painful <laughs> like i guess it's painful but like literally the tiniest little brush is like <laughs> i know you think like somebody was getting murdered or something I you know, know. It's like- i'm like it's just a brush and i get like the mason pearson brush so you don't have to you it, it, it doesn't even hurt really hair. Right? It's yeah. So, yeah it's so easy to, to brush Oh my God. Well, beware because I would run away from my mom growing up to, she would, I wouldn't let her brush my hair. And eventually she had to cut. Yep. The my mom did that my too. Hair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of a, it's like a thing, you know? Also something else this week is I decided I'm done and I'm on a fitness journey. Oh, <gasps> you are. Like I, I don't, four days ago I was like, but the problem with my fitness journey is every day I'm like, why aren't I like, why isn't it works? <laughs> It's a 24 hour finish journey. I'm like, wait, why don't I have more muscle? Why don't I have more energy? Why isn't my stomach flat? Like all the things I think is going to happen literally within a day. But you look amazing. You don't need to be like so I'm hard. Just not, you know, it's not even, it really isn't. And I yeah. talk to my followers on my Instagram about this. I don't believe in losing weight. Well, if you have to, for health reasons, that's something else. But like, for me, I don't like the narrative of like, I want to be thin and I want to look a certain way because that's, what's attractive. That's really not what my fitness journey is about, Uh or I would like it not to be for me. It's like, I want to feel better within my body. I want to feel stronger. I want to have better mental health. I want to sleep better. I want to be happier because I know that the endorphins from exercise, I would say, you know, back when I was younger, 80% was vanity. And now it's like 80% is mental and like physical, how I feel in my body more than vanity. Yeah. You know, what's yours? Like, what's your percentage? <laughs> oh, my percentage is I'm like vanity. 100%. Or wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, uh- you know, for me too, I think I have to be careful though, because I have back issues. So like right. if I do it too, like a different, like if, if I do something that doesn't like work, my back gets tweaked. But right. I think for me, 
I do enjoy like how I feel after I work out, but for me, it's kind of like a journey to even get to. I know. Like I have to like talk myself into it a lot of the time. I have to be like, okay, we're gonna do this. Like it'll be mm-hmm. worth it in the end. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, I build myself up like before the workout that oh my god, it's gonna suck. It's gonna be hard. It's of gonna course, be- and that's why classes are great because you yeah, have other people have doing to- it with you. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So maybe that's a like now that things are opening up here in Los Angeles, yeah. maybe that's like the next step, you know, I have this bike um, and it's been really pushing me. You probably saw on my Instagram, but it's been really pushing me because it's got a screen that Uh has all these classes on it. There's 150 classes. And also what also keeps me motivated Mm. is that it has a heart rate monitor with different levels. And because of me, I'm such a, like, I love to compete, right? Just I've always been that person where if some, I, I actually have the best workouts when someone else is doing better than me. Cause I'm like, that can't happen. <laughs> um, my daughter's <laughs> like that too. So I'm like, oh God, you got it from me. <laughs> but with the heart rate monitor, you go into your different zones. So you want to be in that red zone. You want to be in that yeah hard, hard hard heart like heart rate 150 to 172 it says mm-hmm. and it's like in the beginning you're in that easy heart rate zone and you're mad about it right so yeah. you're like really pushing yourself to get to that heart but once which i didn't know much about heart rates but once you get to that high level you're you pretty much if you keep moving yeah you pretty much stay at that level the whole workout but you got to get uh, to that level first you got to get yeah. your heart rate up there you gotta like um, push it like gun yeah. it to the yeah 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 i know it's like it's true if you get in that zone then you yeah then you're also like in it right you're like mentally yeah. in it you know but it's it's hard to get there sometimes i'm not gonna lie <laughs> and it's like i don't know you know i've i drink a little bit now probably two mm-hmm. a week two three a week but you know i need i don't need it but i look forward to it and i don't believe in taking everything away that you enjoy yeah you know because life is short and if the thing that you enjoy is hurting you terribly or detrimental to your family or the people around you then yeah take it away but if it's these little things that make give you enjoyment and joy throughout your life it's like life is tough but anyway back to the gi i think you should have joy in your life because it's hard. <laughs> yeah. We all need joy. I mean, especially at this like particular time that we're in, you know, it's like, you got to find, find what makes you happy. Right. It's like, and you mm-hmm. got to live it, you know, where's your joy come from? Pasta and wine. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's about 50% right there. I'd say another, <laughs> another 25%. Oh, it sounds amazing. <laughs> Pasta and wine, just like happy. Yeah. You know, hopefully things will be like more uh, with things like opening up too. It'll be like now more joy. Cause I feel like we've been in California, like on a delayed sort of, mm-hmm. you know, like we haven't had normal life yet really a hundred percent. So now I think just this week, you know, with things opening up, like there'll be more travel and more like mm. back to where we were before. Like it kind of scares me. I'm like, <laughs> ah, it's my agoraphobic <laughs> self. I'm like, this scares me. And now I have to go see people. But also like I, I'm probably going to stay wearing the mask. I'm like, why not? I Do know you it. Think? Pre- Look, I'm, I'm not going to wear the mask if I'm outside. Yeah. And I'm uh, but if I'm inside a like a place with like a lot of air sharing, I probably will try to protect myself. Yeah. Like the grocery store or something like that. Yeah. 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 I know it's interesting. You know, my, parents live in Texas and my sister, and they were telling me that in the grocery store, because things are open there, I guess you, you can wear, some people are wearing a mask. You can, or you don't have to. Yeah, Yeah. Or you don't have to. So it's like a mix. So I'm wondering what the efficacy is now, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure it helps. Right. 
the people wearing it. I don't know. A little. You, it actually helps when someone else, you, like if you wore a mask, I'm 75, 70% protected. Protected. Yeah. If I wore the mask. But if right? I wear a mask, yeah. I'm only 30% protected. Oh, something wow. like that. Oh, it's so interesting. Huh. So maybe- well, maybe we can talk to our next guest <laughs> <laughs> who's been waiting so long um, to tell us a little bit, not, nothing about masks, but tell us a little bit more about relationships. Right, Roxy Soxy? Yes. Oh, my God. I've like been waiting to have this, this guest on because she literally, it probably is one of the top like coaches that people need right now coming out of this pandemic. She's a divorce expert, a relationship mm-hmm. expert. She coaches, especially moms and women who are coming out of, you know, relationships and are, you know, on that road to divorce. And she kind of just helps them navigate life and like how to get through it with kids, with not kids, you know, with everything that they're going through. So without further ado, we have Michelle Dempsey on. Whee! Thanks, everybody. That was such a nice intro. And yeah, I hope you guys don't need my help, but I'm happy to offer it for <laughs> anyone who does. Um, but what you do too, does that, you can obviously give advice how not to break up maybe, mm-hmm. you know, also to people like us who are in marriages that, you know, there sometimes is conflict in marriage. And there's so many questions I have for you. Like, why does marriage break apart? And like, what happens when you start to see those signs and what happens when it does, how do you find yourself again? There's so many different questions that I would love to talk about in, in regards to divorce and relationships and, and all of this stuff and including kids that also get sort of mixed up in a a lot of it. Kids are always getting mixed up in it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is what prompted me to be less, of a toxic asshole after mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. divorce because mm-hmm. little eyes were watching and I'm a child of divorce. And I just remember one parent being so awful and one being so great. So I'm like, you know what? Why don't I level up my shit now? Because mm-hmm. it'll all pay off later on. And I think that's what led me to falling into the divorce space. Like I was just like a mommy blogger. Mm-hmm. I owned a marketing agency here in Miami. I'm a former teacher. And I started writing for publications like Scary Mommy and Parents Mm -hmm. about co-parenting and divorce back when people my age were still like newlyweds and having more babies and everybody Mm -hmm. was so happy. And here I was like all alone on Divorce Island. Mm -hmm. And I started talking about it and people were flocking like, yes, say this, say it because I'm Mm -hmm. going through it too. And it felt really great to not feel alone, even though, you know, my Instagram followers are people I've never met in real life. But Um, but yeah, I ended up starting my own podcast, which was a way to answer all like the thousands of DMS I was getting with professional questions that I didn't know how to answer. Mm -hmm. So I started my podcast to bring on people who could answer those questions. And then from there I got certified and became a certified divorce specialist because I wanted to answer the questions too. And now I'm working with women one-on-one all over the world, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. I have my first book coming out, um, from Simon and Schuster. It's called mm-hmm. Moms Moving On, which is the same title as my podcast. And I'm excited mm-hmm. to, be able to like really dive deep into my story and, and help other people through that. Um, so, yeah, that's how I'm here. And mm-hmm. I just went in a circle, didn't I? I know, but it's so interesting because so many of us are hearing, um, particularly at this time, about mm-hmm. divorce and about, you know, 
things that are going on. And especially like after this crazy quarantine we've had. So like mm-hmm. how much of it is okay. Cause obviously it's in a natural situation to be stuck with your partner 24 seven around the clock. Like we've been, mm-hmm. but how do you know when it's time to get divorced or when you should, <laughs> she's like asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> asking for a friend. How do you know when he does this? Is that yeah, yeah. when it's the end? <laughs> right. So, right. That's probably the question I get asked most in my life oh. day in and day out. Like, how do you know I've been putting up with this shit for years and he's always been an asshole and now I can't take it anymore. Like for women, you don't just wake up one day and say, Hey, you know what? This might be a good day to get divorced. It comes after like months, sometimes years for me, it was years, like all three years that I was married to my ex-husband. I was like, how am I getting out of this? Because I know it's not right. Women are really amazingly like strategic about this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And I feel like because so many of my clients are women who are not even divorced yet, they do this amazing thing where they learn, they ask questions, they strategize, they have a plan. And then one day they wake up and they're like, okay, that's it. This is the day I had. um, I don't know if you know, Tanya Zuckerbrot from F factor. She was on my, on my podcast talking about this same thing. And she said, it's like when you meet the love of your life, when you know, you know. And I have to say that as cliche and annoying as that answer is, I woke up one morning and I'm like, this is, this is the fucking day. And I'm sorry for my man. Oh, please. this is the podcast yeah, to be yeah. on then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I woke up like with this sense of like this higher like being was like, do it, do it now. And I did. And, and, but that came with years of questioning and planning, you know, so I, I think everybody hits their limit at different times. You know, I can't say to you, okay, after six months of marriage counseling, that's when you pull the plug. It's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. But I will say that if you are a smart uh, person who wants to move on without feelings of guilt or shame or um, regret, go to counseling, do the marriage retreats, try the weird new sexual positions that are going to maybe reinvigorate <laughs> things. Try everything because you don't want to lay your head down on your pillow at night with anything other than peace in your mind after making that kind of decision. You don't want to say, oh, I wonder if we could have tried, you know, that counselor that people were talking about, or maybe we just needed to pick up our sex life. You, you need to really give it some thought and do the work before you pull the plug. Mm. You know, obviously my husband and I fight, but we are super into each other and I'm hoping he feels the same way <laughs> you think he's like what he's like what are you talking about then your podcast you're rushing home from I'm like a divorce specialist and he was like oh okay um so I'm hoping he feels the same way we've been together for 15 years we're not perfect but I can't imagine going through a divorce that being said again like I began my point was saying I hope he feels the same way because I have a friend who was married Everything was hunky-dory. She was completely in love with him. And he woke up one day. And it wasn't one day, like you were saying, one day after three years of something not being right. Like, I I assume that both parties at that point know that something's not right. And he just woke up after six months um, of feeling this way or three months or whatever it was. And he was like, I'm moving back to Canada and good luck and, and see ya. And she was blindsided. Yeah. When something like that, and again, Sean, if you're listening, please don't <laughs> like, please give me some heads up. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I don't know how personally someone like me with all the issues I have and, you know, my codependency and my need to be loved and all those types of things. If I was blindsided like that with someone that I love, I don't know how I would cope. I mean, you have to cope, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have children. But I don't think I would fare well. I think Roxy mm. would do a lot better than I would. You think? Oh, yeah, you got your shit together, man. You'd no. be like, mm -mm -mm, girl, you're out of here. They'd <laughs> <laughs> be like sobbing, watching. But yeah, how do you, how do you, how do you move on when you've been blindsided? And there are so many women that are blindsided. And I yeah. should say, obviously, my situation was different because I pulled the plug. Mm -hmm. um, men tend to do that. They tend to like suffer silently or be unhappy in their minds and not let anybody know because happy wife, happy life. Right. And then they just dip. And I've mm. seen it so many times or I was having an affair. You didn't know I That's wasn't cheating. Yeah. How can yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'm I, think, sleuth. <laughs> I think that is where actually beautiful things happen for a woman, because I, I was just reading Dr. Shafali's book. I had her on my podcast recently and I'm kind of obsessed we just and had her. She's we incredible. just had her on our podcast. Yeah. yeah. And she just, she said something in her book about rock bottom being the single best place for any woman to be because mm -hmm. that pain and that moment of like making a choice to have to claw your way out of that pain is like the best, the best process for anybody. It doesn't sound mm -hmm. very fun, mm -hmm. of course. And nobody wants to be in the situation where they're left out of nowhere by the loves love of their life. But you learn so much about yourself mm -hmm. and how much maybe you were codependent and how much you ignored some of your own unhappiness or how much you've fallen out of touch with yourself. You know, mm -hmm. not that these things are bad, but naturally in a marriage, in a partnership, there are parts of you that fall to the wayside. So mm -hmm. a beautiful transformation can happen there. And that's essentially what I help women with is like finding that woman again, who mm -hmm. she is without her husband, who mm -hmm. she's going to be in this next phase of her life because she's left with no choice. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I'm on the other side of that now. Mm. My divorce was my choice, but also brutally painful because mm -hmm. of the fact that I'm a child of divorce. And I was mm. so mad at myself mm -hmm. for letting myself end up in a situation where I had to put my own child through that. And it was like, what better time to heal and work on me and deal with all the issues from my past that made me the toxic partner that I was and mm. the insecure, you know, person with anxious attachment issues. I had like every issue mm. in the book. So what better time to work on myself? Right. And that's, that's really where the magic happens. I think in that period of like transformation and reinvention, you know, I we've gone over this a lot in my head and it's like, before I had kids, I would do this scenario and Tamin, I think we've done this before mm -hmm. where you put the scenario in your head and go, if he cheated on me, would I be able would to I, forgive right. him and like move on? And before I had kids, I was like, fuck no. I'm like, I would totally, you know, yeah. throw his ass to the curb and like move on and like find some, find somebody else if I wanted to do that or be single or whatever. But like. Um, for me now with having a child, I think it's a different, it's a game changer, you know, cause it's like, you're yeah. also thinking about the other child. And I, I mean, there are a million different scenarios with infidelity. Was it like a right. long-term, you know, relationship? Was it a one night stand? Was it just kissing? Was it, I mean, it would all suck. I'm sure like a hundred percent all suck, but it's like, you kind of play out all those scenarios in, in your head. So 
do you think that you can come back from infidelity and like 100%. not get divorced? Really? Yeah. hundred percent. Like, yeah, it's, it. it's such a spectrum, right? Like you said, it could be an emotional affair. It could be, mm-hmm. I got fucked up with my boys at that bachelor party and kissed some random girl. I don't know. You yeah. know, it, or it could be a years long double life situation, which of course I would say, do not forgive that. Yeah. But there's such a spectrum. And I have seen people recover from infidelity the same way I've seen people fall apart from infidelity, Mm -hmm. but you have to be a strong ass person to forgive the past and not look back after that. Me Mm -hmm. personally, I don't know that I'm (laughs) that bitch, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, after I throw your ass out and like set your car on fire, but (laughs) um, I have seen, and my mom, it's funny, my mom and I were talking about this the other day. And I, I mentioned, she mentioned a, a, a couple that she's friendly with that was celebrating like their 50th wedding anniversary or something crazy. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, don't think they didn't almost come close to the end a bunch mm-hmm. of times because he was cheating and da, da, da. So it's interesting to me to hear that people do work past that, but I can see why. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there are instances where it can be worked through for sure. And isn't it interesting? <sighs> I feel that I don't know if it's just the society that we live in, but like, infidelities like the thing right because we we think having sex with someone else is such a it's like it is such a terrible thing to do to someone to have some kind of sexual connection but i'm like what about other things what about whacking your kids if you don't believe in that what about lying what about all these Mm -hmm. other subjects that could be deal breakers for you but it's like this infidelity one look our marriage we've never had that but you know, it's that thing that we hold on to. It's like, well, if you sleep with someone else, then I'm gone. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think like maybe we should, maybe there should be other lists of boundaries that if you overstep these boundaries, I'm gone here too. For me, it's, I think the worst thing you can do to somebody is abuse them emotionally or physically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because in my darkest days with my ex-husband and as ugly as it got, mm-hmm. I would say to my mom, because it wasn't, physically abusive. It was just two really toxic people in the same house. And it was just mm-hmm. so painful to live in that existence. I would call my mom and be like, I wish you would just cheat on me. So I have like a concrete reason. Mm-hmm. And she would say, Michelle, this is way worse. Trust me. Cause my mom was cheated on mm-hmm. that gray area of like, yeah. it's, you can't put your finger on what's so bad, but it's so bad. So for me, I think any form of abuse is worse, but then again, I haven't been there yet. So somebody mm-hmm. listening to this who has been cheated on could want to slap me right now. And I apologize. Um, but I do think, you know, if, if somebody is manipulating or controlling you mm-hmm. in your marriage, if they're putting their hands on you inappropriately, um, those two things are deal breakers. And I, I would say, maybe don't try to work it out run for the hills, because that's obviously not a situation you want your children to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, what your children observe in the home is going to be their comfort zone in relationships. So if dad is emotionally abusive to mom, how's he going to treat women? Mm-hmm. Or how's he going to let a woman treat him, uh, your son, you know, so it's the same with girls. I had been abandoned by my father. So my abandonment trauma led to attachment issues. And I put myself in all the worst situations because it was mm-hmm. like, I wanted to be treated like shit. Like we repeat those patterns. So whatever you don't want your children to repeat, you have to stop yourself. And that's when you know whether it's time to get out of a relationship or not. If your child is not witnessing toxicity and it's not this tumultuous, horrible thing, 
then maybe it's worth working it out. But if it's abusive in any way, it's very obvious to the children. Wow. God, that's, it's so heavy. It's fighting, it's so right, heavy. Roxy? Yeah. Like fighting in front of your yeah, kids. Like, I that's the thing. Is okay. I think, you? I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. I've okay. gotten into arguments with my current husband hmm. and, and mommy, um, Bella, my daughter will say, mommy, you guys said sorry to each other. And you were so nice after you got mad at each other, but we'll get mad at each other for like, you know, we're arguing over, he left the stove on and right. he's telling he didn't. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and, but for her, because we're not being our usual lovey-dovey selves, that's a fight. But then she right. realizes we say sorry and we kiss and move on. And yeah. I think a way better lesson than teaching our kids that everything has to be harmonious all the time because it doesn't that's not that's not real life but showing them that there can be healthy conflict Mm. and an apology and then we move on from that I think is important too but if they're witnessing you being yelled at or put down consistently or dad not coming home at night and mom's crying and us doing it too right like because I think women get away with a lot like you know back in the early parts of my relationship because I probably was more volatile with my words before kids because you know you're in the entertainment and it's not a, an excuse but you're in the entertainment business and everyone's kind of very passionate and everything's like so intense and so you say things that you don't mean and i think women can do that a lot and yet we seem to get forgiven a lot more i feel like in society than if men say that to women so i feel like women we also need to check ourselves on what we say don't you think roxy yeah i mean i think so i mean we're we should all be held accountable you know like no matter what you know man man, men or women you know and it's like but it's hard you're right we get a lot of times a hard pass you know um but you know it just gets so complicated when you have kids you know it's just like because you're trying to show them the right way you're trying to do the right thing and you don't want to fuck them up but like you are fucking life, yeah, you are fucking <laughs> and life happens right like if you are in the middle of a heated moment with your partner you know and words sometimes come out you know and you feel guilty and you beat yourself up and you're like oh why did I say that but like it is it probably makes sense that the more healthy way to do it is to try to show the kids to like move through it and have some sort of a resolution like Mm -hmm. at the end a solution which I'm not great at like I definitely you know, I, I, it takes me a while to recover from a fight. Like I am not somebody mm-hmm. that can just like kiss and make up. You exactly. know what I mean? Oh, I'm so over it. Like- if someone says, sorry, I love you. Depends on what they said. Yeah. But if it was just about the socks, cause we yeah. fight about socks a lot. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Yeah. Um, so like if, cause I always take you socks. <laughs> if he was just like, sorry, I'm just being, you know, I'm just being bitchy or whatever it is. Yeah. I would be fine with it, you know, but but I get it. It sometimes it hurts more to certain people. Well, and it hurt exactly, especially like your husband or partner, because it's like you're so. I mean, they're like in your daily life, like all the time. So it's, it's really hard to kind of recover from that. But you know, we're talking kids too. So like, how do you like if you are about to get divorced or you're in the process of divorce? How do you maneuver that with kids? Like, what do you tell them? What do you say to them? Like, what are some of those tips? So. I I think it all depends on the age of your children, but regardless, you know, if they're at the age where you can sit down and have a conversation with them, like age four and up, let's Mm say, um, I think it's, you know, there's some concrete things, even though every situation is different that you're going to want to do. You're going to want to talk to all your children at once. You're not going to want to have separate conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, make it 
kind of base for, you know, where everyone can understand at the same level. You can have a separate conversation with the older children later, but you're going to want to do it together. So you're giving the same message. You know, it's not mom having one conversation and dad having another conversation. And then mom's really passive aggressive about her words. If dad doesn't know what to say, Mm -hmm. um, you say it together, you know, a very baseline mommy and daddy tried really hard to be able to stay in the same house. But a lot of times people realize that they're better off apart. This is nothing to do with you, nothing to do with your brothers and sisters. There is nothing you could have done to make us love each other more or less. And the most important thing is we're always going to love you, but we're going to do it from two different homes. And you have to be really like, there can't be gray area. I think a lot of parents are so scared to hurt kids' feelings Mm -hmm. that, you know, and maybe one day in the future, we'll see what happens. No, like they'll say, do you think you'll get back together? I remember my daughter asking that once and I texted my closest friend who's a child therapist. And she's like, don't say maybe you have to say no. And I'm like, oh, it sounds so harsh. I had to be like, no. Mommy and daddy are not getting back together because you don't want to set an expectation that's never going to come to fruition. You know, when kids hear maybe that's yes to them. Mm -hmm. So really, really concrete, like baseline conversation. And then on my Instagram, I have a highlight with really great books for children that are so good to follow up this conversation with. I have books for all age levels where, you know, I'll read one of these books to my daughter who's six. She was two when I separated Mm -hmm. called The Invisible String because she has separation anxiety when she goes to her dad's. And so it's about, you know, mommy's always in your heart and da da da. And like really great books that will spark conversation and questions from your kids that may not otherwise come up. Cause you don't want to push mm-hmm. like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. It's always a bedtime when I read a book with my daughter where like these questions start coming out. And I love that. I think, you know, using these books as tools are really great to further the conversation and check in with them and make sure they're okay. Mm-hmm. If they're not, And very often your kids are not going to take this. They're not going to be like, oh, I'm so happy you guys did what's best for you. Great. Good luck. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. they freak out. Where are my toys going to be? Where are my clothes going to be? What, where, what time am I going to have to go to bed at daddy's house? Like they get freaked out about these little Mm -hmm. details. You have to talk them through all of it, maintain as much harmony as you can in the conversation and reinforce, you know, you're going to daddy's tonight. I know you were worried about whether or not you're going to have toys there. Why don't you pick out some from here that you want to keep at dad? He's mm-hmm. like constantly making them feel okay about whatever their worries were, validating them and then giving them a solution so that they don't feel so out of control um, mm-hmm. during kind of a out of control time. Mm-hmm. I'd find it like if I got divorced, not putting it out there or manifesting, <laughs> I'd find it hard. You know, my big thing is trust. And once you've broken my trust, I find it hard to trust other people in the same realm, right? So if I have like a working relationship and that person broke my trust, I'd have a problem with my other working relationships. So I would fear that if that ever happened to me, how with all the baggage and all the pain you've been through, how do you then just go into something and just trust that love is there and that you're worthy of love because you've been hurt so badly? Therapy. Right? <laughs> Which I'm going to, I don't know if it's helping. Therapy. Um, you know, I had trust issues my whole life. My dad, like I said, ditched me when I was in my preteen years, which mm-hmm. was a horrible time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had cheated on my mom with many multiple different women and was living a double life with somebody. And so naturally I was going to have trust issues when it came to men. I didn't fix those issues before my first marriage. And they all sort of came out. And I was 
just as toxic to my ex as he was to me. It's not like he was the problem in our first marriage. I was so unhealed and I had not done any of that work around trust and, you know, being able to separate one person in one situation from another. Mm -hmm. And so I think the only way you can really do that in a really empowered, healthy way is with the help of therapy. At least I couldn't have done it any other way. And I think it's also being able to recognize that not every man is the same Mm -hmm. at all. You know, women will say, oh, all men are assholes. And I'm like, well, then why are you, what is it with you? You are the common denominator amongst these assholes. So what is it about you that's attracting them? Right. So you have to figure out why you're pulling in or why you pulled in the person that could treat you in that way and how you can avoid it in the future and feel empowered to know that your decision-making could help rewrite, you know, your, your future. It sounds like a lot of it is accountability and kind of yeah. looking within yourself and just being like, right. So much of us, you know, especially women in our early twenties, we're like, Oh my God, I need to find, you know, that good on paper guy. And, uh-huh. and he's got to be tall and he's got to be a professional and he has to make babies. Like that's all I need. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't realize what our toxic traits are. We haven't acknowledged our childhood shit because we all have it. And then we find these men and we're like, hey, be perfect for us. Mm-hmm. And then very often they can't be because we've picked the wrong person because we were looking for the wrong things and we haven't worked on ourselves. And it's not until a marriage where you truly see who you are, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It's so it's true what you said about like mm-hmm. working on yourself because I've done a whole dig deep. It's like when you have a feeling, it's like if you don't fix the tooth that is rotten then you'll have a root canal. And then if you don't, if you don't fix it before it hits a root canal, then you'll have to remove your tooth. Right. So it's like when it's rotten, you got to go in there and it's not comfortable and it stirs shit up and you feel terrible for a while. And that's what I think of therapy. (laughs) Every time I go to therapy, I feel like shit. I know you're supposed to feel better, but I don't feel better. I kind of hate myself. And then incremental little moments and steps forward that happen in my life sort of adds up to the bigger picture in who I am as a person in a better way. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm like, yeah, I hate therapy at the time. Maybe people love it because they can get their shit out. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to retread those waters of when I was, you know, had an eating disorder and all the things. Like, I don't want to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. But I do think it ultimately makes us better. And I do think that you have to do, I mean, who am I to say have to, I think it's important to do that before you get into another relationship. Yeah. Because if you don't get that dirt out of that mm-hmm. tooth, yep. you're going in with cavities. Mm-hmm. You you can't, I mean, you're just going to drag it around. And mm-hmm. you know, to that point, yes, it's painful to be in mm-hmm. therapy and have to relive some things from my childhood that I've pushed to the back of my mind. But all the pieces connect. And it's so helpful to be able to say, oh my God, that's why I react like a psychotic freak, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm triggered in this way, or that's why this triggers me. It, it's all making sense now. And to as, as ugly as that process can be, I always, I believe you have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable because that's the only way through. Mm-hmm. If you expect it all to feel good, you know, healing is not a pretty journey and, mm-hmm. and you have to let yourself be in that place of just like icky and uncomfortable before you can come out of it. And, mm-hmm. and again, it's like truly transformative. Like think of, it's cheesy, but a butterfly is in this ugly ass cocoon all mm-hmm. curled up. And like, nobody wants to look at the cocoon, but everyone <laughs> wants to see the butterfly, right? Has but then go- don't they die within three days? <laughs> 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 oh, 
my daughter's always like, I love butterflies. I'm like, don't tell her that butterfly is going <laughs> to. But no, that's a great that's a great point. It is. It's it's when it's there is beauty beyond the pain. Yes. Yeah, for sure. There always, there always is. And I think if you try to rush the process and ignore that pain, it's mm. only going to catch up later on. So just get it over with, like get through it, get it out cry in your bed. I spent so many nights like in my bed, just like bags of chips and watching Netflix <laughs> crying, and just doing those things. I never thought I'd do and forcing myself to be alone and sit with it because I didn't want to put it on somebody else yeah. again. Like I had been doing my whole life, but this time with my little girl watching, like I just couldn't do that. Right. Is marriage supposed to be work? Because so many people say yes. it's right. It feels like work. No, but people are always like, oh, it shouldn't feel like work. It should just be natural. And like, That's, those are the people who love pregnancy and can't wait to be pregnant again. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now, of course, it's work. Listen, I'm remarried and my husband is the most amazing thing. Like, I look at him and I'm like, why are you here? Like, he's uh -huh. just. But it's still, it's work to check myself. It's mm -hmm. work to not be a bitch when sometimes I want to be a bitch because I'm in a bitchy mood. It's work mm -hmm. to stop stop myself because I know that doesn't work well for him. It's work on all levels. It's, it's you know, to fall in love with someone is to, is to have to weather their changes over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. You know, to expect someone to stay the same for the entire course of a marriage is crazy. Mm -hmm. We all change with time. And, and that's the work is, is getting accustomed to who that person is going to be throughout the marriage and being okay with it and being, you know, holding space for who they are and what they need. It's, it is work, but it's beautiful work. It's like, you know, having a job that you love doesn't feel like work. That's how I think a right marriage should feel. Mm. Well, thank you so much. I know you have to run. Hopefully we can get you back oh, yes. on when we have all the questions from our um, listeners, but where can people find you? Uh, anything you have that people can get yeah. more information on the topic? Uh, well, I loved being here. You guys are so fun. I oh, am at you. Michelle Dempsey on Instagram. I am Moms Moving On podcast. We're all, all over the place where podcasts stream. And the book is coming out later on this year. Uh, Moms Moving On is also the title. It's available on Amazon for pre-order now. And I have a website, momsmovingon.com, with a membership community for women who are looking to connect and Amazing. get resources after divorce. And there's a Facebook group and all of that good stuff. Well, hopefully we'll get to yes. see you and speak to you, but not because we're getting divorced. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bother you guys probably when my book comes out. I'm going to want to come back and like, yes, can't wait. Oh, what about the dads? What about the dads who are moving on? Dad, moving on. Um, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a dad? Poor dads moving on. <laughs> what a therapy dads. You need it too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we you. hope to see you soon. Yes. Please come back and visit us. I will. Thank you. Listeners, please, you guys, rate, subscribe, and follow for free on all the podcast apps, mm -hmm. iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to us, because um, we want to hear from you. And who am I? Um, we are <laughs> Women on Top Official on Instagram. <laughs> and Women on Top Podcast on Facebook and Women on Top on Clubhouse, too. I am Tamin Sarsak. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women. women. On... <laughs>